And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable. The most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he sent me that... Welcome to... Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I'm joined, as always, by El Nino, the kid, the god, the legend, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And folks, let me tell you if you've heard this story before, that would be the Boston Celtics playing down to opponents, not taking an opponent seriously, and losing in a horrific fashion down the stretch. That's right, folks. Celtics lose Game 1, the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Philadelphia 76ers, a game which they did not have Joel Embiid. James Harden scores 45 points, and the Celtics just couldn't get stops. They actually had one of the most remarkable offensive performances first halves I've ever seen in a basketball game, but they only led by, I think, two heading into halftime. And then just late, the uh, they could not really find a way to slow down Tyrese Maxey or James Harden, and the kind of panicky offense returned down the stretch, and the turnovers galore, and they lost a game they shouldn't have. And it's especially frustrating because it kind of saw it coming. Jay, you were there. You were downstairs. What's your big t- biggest takeaway from this spectacular Celtics failure? The Celtics have to start playing defense consistently. They have to. Their offense is miles better than it was last season. I know they had some awful possessions down the stretch. Uh, the Brogdon turnover to Tyrese Maxey, who pick-sixed it while everyone thought it was a shot clock violation, was just awful. That entire possession was awful. I think five different Celtics. Each Celtics touched the ball and gave up an open shot to pass it to someone else, finishing off with Malcolm Brogdon passing it to Maxey. Yeah, they still shot 59%. 59%. They shot 70-something percent in the first half and were up three. That's just unforgivable defense. If you play that well, if you scored 40 points in the paint in the first half, 26 in the first quarter, you have to build a big lead. You have to. The 76ers were in half-court offense the entirety of the first half and still scored a ton of fucking points. The Celtics defense, like, that's, that's what they relied on last year. That's how they got through playoff rounds. That's how they made it to the finals. It has not been there so far in these playoffs. They rank 11th in defensive efficiency among playoff teams. I think everybody but Phoenix on that list 
behind them has been eliminated. One of those is Atlanta, who they eliminated themselves. So it's just not even close to the same level of defense that they played, that they are capable of playing. And if they continue to no-show in games like this, then they'll have a very disappointing ending because that was – I mean, Harden was awesome. The shot he hit over Al Horford, I don't think Al was to blame there. You could say they should have doubled him, but Harden's such a great passer. If you double him, you probably are going to give up an open shot for somebody. Yeah, they they doubled Harden earlier in this game, and I think it failed every time, and it led to wide-open threes for the 76ers, what they hit. I don't necessarily think you need to double uh, James Harden there, but like hard hedge and let Marcus Smart recover. Um, I thought Marcus Smart was actually did a pretty good job. I don't know, like break down all of the numbers, but I I don't feel like a lot of James Harden's step back threes and points were on Marcus Smart. And I thought they did a good job. Marcus Smart did of like fighting through screens, getting back to James Harden. They did some good possessions where they like early scram switched out, but they just like, I don't know about giving up that switch on James Harden uh, so easily just so you can go one-on-one with Al Horford. Um, But like the defense, especially in the first half when their offense was so amazing, like, and even the defense throughout against James Harden, James Harden was phenomenal. I'm not trying to take anything away from James Harden. He uh, knocked down all his threes. He like was hit that step back was there and he did an amazing job of like hitting those little mid range pull ups, but he still like w- didn't really get into the paint. Uh, or not, or he, I mean, again, not get into the paint. He didn't really get to the rim. I think he only had one layup when it was a kind of a just blew by Jalen Brown. Um, like I actually thought the Celtics, if you just like look at the shot profile of the 76ers, they made a lot more threes than I was anticipating. Where the hell did De'Anthony Melton come from? Five of five from three in the first half and just like didn't do anything since then. Like I, I, I was not familiar with De'Anthony Melton's game, but you asked me before the series, like what I thought was like a potentially dangerous for the Celtics. It was the 76ers getting hot from three and I just didn't anticipate the game. I didn't anticipate the 76ers hitting 17 threes and the Celtics only hitting 10. And so like that's a way it's like that and the turnovers. The 76ers just had so many more. They had 14 more shots than the Celtics. And Joe Mazzula talks about the math, but it's just like you can't get the turnovers and you can't give up the threes like that and expect to like win games no matter how well your offense is played. Yeah, it felt like the Celtics kind of treated James Harden like like, all right, prove it to us. Prove it to us that you can kill us. They didn't really send a lot of help. There were times, like, he was able to just dribble and dribble and dribble into the shot he wanted. Um, and like you said, he, he wasn't able – he didn't have a ton of, like, layup attempts. He certainly didn't get to the line much. Um, it wasn't, like, Harden really, like, breaking them down off the bounce. It was just, like – he got to his spots and made shots and they're just didn't feel like they were aggressive enough. It was just kind of letting him be super comfortable. And, and especially like when you compare it to the level of defense, the Celtics played in the playoffs last season with all the same guys. And obviously they play different now. They, 
they go with a lot of smaller lineups. They don't go double big, whatever. Like, they are just not nearly as aggressive. They have been just not nearly as aggressive. They have been not nearly as able to take away the other team's best option. Like, the defense they played on Kevin Durant in the first round last season was absolutely unreal. And throughout most of the playoffs, it was the same way. This was like just Harden torching them and knowing what he wanted, knowing how they were defending him. And just I'm, I'm looking at there was one play four minutes into the third quarter, right? And he comes off a screen and Al Horford, Al Horford like is in a, a drop. Marcus Smart gets back to him. Harden posts up. He takes four dribbles, gets to the lane, and finishes it, and there's no help. And he's already got like 25 or 30 points by that point. He's already been killing them, and there's no help. They're not helping off P.J. Tucker in the corner. They're not helping off Paul Reed. There's just no help. And he goes one-on-one against Marcus Smart and uses his body and gets to the bucket. It was just honestly unacceptable defense at times against Harden, uh, who's – a genius offensive player. And if you allow him to take that many dribbles, if you allow him to do what he wants, he's going to get comfortable at some point. Um, He was awesome. He was awesome. But I just felt like when a guy that locked in, you just have to do a much better job of taking away his comfort. And they never did. Yeah. And even when Harden was out of the game, at like the end of the third quarter, I thought they had a chance to do something and they played some like some weak drop coverage on Tyrese Maxey and he was able to get, I think, a couple of points there. Um, you mentioned like the double big lineup is like, I think they went to that for a couple minutes in the first half and the Sixers immediately went to a zone and it's like, oh, we can't play double bigs because it kind of ruins the entire offense. I thought Robert Williams was actually a more effective defender tonight. Uh, then Al Horford, uh, but Robert Williams only had only played about 20 minutes in this game because they just went with a single big. Uh, I thought Derek White was awful tonight. No one's talking about that. No one's on my timeline talking about that. Derek White didn't do shit tonight. And I thought he was played bad defense. And so that's why we saw Malcolm Brogdon get 34 minutes. But it was just Derek White didn't really give them anything. And, um, when you're playing, basically, it felt like when anyone not named Marcus Smart was guarding uh, James Harden, it was just a bad matchup for the Celtics. Like, there was not a lot of intensity there. And even when Marcus was guarding, I think he did a better job in the second half. Like, and the Celtics did a better job of like picking up and pushing up their pickup points. But um, Derek White's supposed to be like their second best defender, especially on ball defender. And I just didn't think he was good at all in anything he did tonight. It was, and all that said, they still had a chance to win the game. <laughs> Up four with three minutes left. And they have a shitty possession where Jason Tatum takes a, a like they they did the, the play not to lose again. They had two possessions consecutively where they're up four. Jason Tatum takes a like a fadeaway jumper at the end of the shot clock. And then I think that's when Jalen Brown like had it on a break and just decided to pull it out. And then the following possession up four again, they got to stop. Uh, is just, uh, I think about Jason Tatum stepped on uh, James Harden's foot or something like that. But they just, 
they slowed the game down and just tried to bleed clock and the pace was not there late. So it's like they did all this shitty defense. They did. They had all these terrible turnovers. They still had a chance late. And then they kind of just like they're the the Achilles heel of just like playing not to lose, not playing good offense late, just totally came back to bite them again uh, for what the 15th time over the last two play years in the playoffs. It's kind of ridiculous at this point. Yeah. And one of Jalen's answers, which I thought was maybe the most enlightening thing anyone said during the Celtics press conferences was he was talking about. I think it was the play after Harden missed a layup. Less than three minutes left. Celtics had the ball up for he gets a ball in transition and just kind of circled it out. And he was asked about it. He said, basically, like, I was alone. None of my teammates ran with me. It would have been a bad move to go. Like, I wanted to go and no one was running with me, basically. Like, like what are these assholes next to me doing? <laughs> Why are they not running in that moment? Uh, and I, I thought that frustration from him in in kind of how the rest of the guys handled that this like they they just went em- empty possession after empty possession they were up four with the ball twice twice and and got two offensive rebounds they had two wide open looks yeah on that second one wide open looks from Horford and Brogdon they actually ended up scoring there on the that, didn't they? Because Marcus or Al got the rebound, got it to Marcus, who got it back to Al. They did not score on that one. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think that's. that's the I guess, I guess it was just one. The, the offensive rebound by Smart, and then he found he found uh, Tatum. And then that's when Tatum stepped on uh, Harden's like ankle, and then it kind of like threw the ball away. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, and it's just like bad execution down the stretch. Um, and like the, I don't know, just walk it. Like it's not the thing that's just like so, I guess, frustrating from the fan perspective is just like how obvious this felt like. I like tweeted before the game, man, I really hope the Celtics don't play down to their opponents and like actually treat this like a playoff game. And then you have a Horford coming after the game. It's like, yeah, we. 
we kind of just like let off, off the hook because Embiid wasn't there. It's like, well, don't do that. <laughs> like they didn't bring it all any sort of defensive intensity when they needed it there in the first half and, and then late against Harden. And it's just so unexplainable for just like why they continue to make it as hard on themselves as possible. By the way, I just rewatched the uh, the play where Maxi went and got a like pick six with 30 seconds left. The shot clock was absolutely at zero. Oh yeah, I, I totally, totally thought, thought that, that was a shot, shot clock, clock violation. violation. I mean, but it was like hundred percent at zero. What do you think about the call late? It was a pretty huge call. Oh, the Marcus Smart block charge. That was like basically a three-point swing. Um, I thought it was really close. He definitely wasn't in the uh, restricted area, but they called that he slid in. I, I thought it was really close. I didn't, I didn't find it a bad call. I think it's the type of thing where it's like whatever the initial call on the floor was going to be the call because there was no evidence enough to like overturn it. Um, but that was a pretty huge swing there uh pj tucker kind of accidentally punched jason tatum in the nuts uh that was pretty wild i thought i just looked down on the floor and saw jason tatum writhing in pain and had no idea what happened because he just passed the ball to malcolm brogdon on that play and should not have been injured but um yeah the the, the play late just uh the turnovers the like unwillingness to take a shot like malcolm brogdon missed actually a pretty decent look from mid-range after having what I thought was like a pretty good game up until the fourth quarter where he was one for five like it was like the Celtics offense was not the problem at all until the final four minutes it was really a a defensive struggle and a, a turnover struggle and I just don't know what like what they necessarily need to do to like stop turning the ball over is also just very interesting game from Jalen Brown. Like he talked about his like teammates, not necessarily being there, but like Jalen Brown is net. Like, I don't feel like that stops Jalen Brown before he's generally a very aggressive in transition, but he didn't shoot the ball at all from the first quarter, basically till the fourth quarter where he hit a, like a very deep three. That was big. Like it was interesting. I know Jason Tatum had it going and Jason Tatum actually was probably the best like offensive performance I've seen from Tatum in a while, just like consistently going to the rim. But Jalen Brown only had 10 field goal attempts in this game. And it was just kind of a weird performance from, from him. And uh, it just like, I'm not sure what exactly the Celtics offense was doing, um, especially in the third quarter and second half where he's just not at all involved in the basketball game. Yeah, that wasn't great. He did hit a huge three. Um, Late in the game, they really needed one. But yeah, that was uh. But he did. He, he spent, spent two quarters, quarters not, not shooting, shooting in between the, the, like that. He had, he had like came out strong in the first quarter, quarter and then didn't, didn't have anything, anything else until, until that three but, late. But it's hard. Honestly, it's hard to blame him or the Celtics. They were getting scores on every single possession for the second not, quarter. It's yeah, it's, it's not been, like it's not like their offense was shitty and he was not scoring. Like I don't know. I, I'd never fault the guy when his team is scoring 60% of the time. Uh, Some of the turnovers for sure were bad. And kind of some of the stuff that haunted the Celtics throughout last season's run. Um, And I thought turnovers were one of the key reasons why the Sixers were able to 
to stay close when the Celtics had such a incredible start offensively otherwise. Um, like they were just really sloppy and it felt like all the turnovers were just kind of just pretty bad ones. It wasn't, wasn't, I guess some of them were turnovers of aggression, but they were just like stupid, silly turnovers. It, it wasn't like understandable stuff. Yeah. It was dumb passes. There's a lot of just like getting the ball, like knocked out of their hands uh, when they're driving. I guess like that's kind of what happens when you're, like it was a party at the rim and everyone was invited. Like when they were attacking the rim that much, I, I guess it makes sense for like, but like, I don't know. There's just some really bad turnovers. And the, again, the Sixers had 14 more shots. They scored 20 points off turnovers. They had, I guess, 12 second chance points. So the Celtics were kind of even there. Uh, it's just a, a, a very sloppy and unserious performance the Celtics in game one of a in a game they just should have absolutely won because they're just a better more talented team with Joel Embiid not playing and so uh just some dreadful dreadful stuff there from uh from the Boston Celtics uh yeah I don't know Jay you got any more hot takes not really um Yeah, I just – it's just a really bad loss, man. Um, It was surprising when Al Horford said that they let – they, like, relaxed. He just admitted the the obvious thing, though. Agreed, but it's like, how how do you do that? I just don't get it. Like, just just don't play with your meat. (laughs) Don't play with your meat. How do you do that, like, in the second half where it's like, we just played the best – offensive basketball game we've ever played literally all of their points came in at the paint at the free throw line or from the three-point arc like that is like the best analytical basket offensive basketball and they're up only by three like at that point i guess they did lock in in the third quarter the third quarter got a little sloppier with just uh they only gave up 24 points but they only scored 21 themselves and then it was just kind of sloppy bad basketball late where it's just they just couldn't string together like two stops and and then like getting the easy basket again and so just a frustrating game from the Boston Celtics but most frustrating because it was like the least surprising thing I thought they were going to win I like uh but I thought they were going to win by like four or five uh and it's probably what that should have happened especially if they just executed down the stretch um but it's going to be interesting to see how uh, or if they adjust for game two. Um, that's all I got. I got an exam tomorrow, so I'm going to cut this pod short, but me and Jay will be back tomorrow. I'm presuming Jay will wake up and watch the film. I'll take my exam. We'll meet back up. We'll have a meeting of the minds and really try to figure out what the hell this Celtics team's going to do heading into game two on Wednesday. Um, but we appreciate you guys for listening to this episode, everyone in the live room. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Anything Is Possible! Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. 
Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.